Wrestling Brain podcast is recorded in front of a live audience at twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. You could be a part of the show, have your voice heard, hang out in the chat, or call in and talk to us immediately following AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, and AEW Pay-Per-Views. Check us out live immediately following all of those shows on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. And while you're here on the podcast, do us a favor, rate us five stars or subscribe or follow or whatever your favorite podcast provider does do that for us and you can be one of the many people who are saying wrestling break Yeah, okay. Yeah, baby. They said it couldn't be done, but we're here doing it for another Wednesday night. You're rocking with the AE Double Dudes here on twitch.tv. I love slash wrestling, wrestling brain. brain. Guys who I am get not it. joined tonight by my normal one half of the Sword and Shield. In fact, I am joined by uh my friend, my uh, you know, a sweet boys member, the great. Eric Hartman sitting across from me to dance up and down all over AW Dynamite tonight. Eric, how are you feeling uh, on air tonight? 
I'm great. The bigger question is, can you hear me? As we had some microphone issues right before I hopped on. Good as gold, brother. Well, then you we never are sounded perfect. Ah, oh, then I'm so glad to be here. I have very big shoes to fill. Zoops is 11 I am feet Scoots tall. Roto. Please follow me on Twitter. That. More on that later. Oh God, what a tease! Sitting in one night for the Zoobs and already handling it like a pro. You can of course follow him at Eric Hartman on Twitter, uh, at Wrestling underscore Brain on Twitter. If you're here for the first time, we would love if you would just hit a follow on the channel right here, right now. Of course, if you've been here a couple times, listen. You owe it to us. You gotta hit subscribe. You wanna partake in the Keep It or Kit kits. You want the emotes? Hit a subscribe on the side. We would greatly appreciate it. And finally. If you want to subscribe, but you don't want to spend the full cash, I get that. But I know you have Amazon Prime. And if you have Amazon Prime, that means you get one free Twitch subscription. I would encourage you, use that on us. Give a couple bucks to these Zoobs and I and uh, zero to Eric as we go up and down Dynamite tonight. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, some subs to thank right out the gate. Thank you, Anfield Road. Subscribe for 13 months. That's over a year. A baker's dozen worth of months. I love it. Scoots Bro to subscribe with Prime, showing the chat. It couldn't be easier to subscribe with Prime. If you don't do it, you're only fooling yourself. Eric, are you? Uh, how do you like the being on this side of the plugs? Is it as annoying here as it is for for being? You know, people want to hear the wrestling out the gate. They don't necessarily want to hear the you know do this, do that. The thing is. Um... To go uh, immediately, I'm going to go behind the curtain here, and there's some producer sure. uh, things that I hear that they don't. For example, each time you hear that, I hear the cashier open and close each time it goes. So even <laughs> if it's not necessarily what is, it's it's not a fair part. I it's a lot easier to understand why we do this. Right? Yeah. It's uh, you see, it's like when you you get the serotonin drip of money rolling in, you understand. God, maybe I do love capitalism. I am dub crap, and I love wrestling. On brain. this channel, dub crap, subscribing. For 12 months, a full year from Doug Crap saying, I'm Doug Crap and I love wrestling brain. We greatly appreciate it. Trilly McGinnis subscribing with Prime for a four month run. Trilly, thank you so much. Look at this. A hype train is close. I wish I knew the, the specifics. I don't, Matt, I'll, I'll ask you, producer Matty, secret Matt in the back. Do you know exactly like what it takes to achieve a hype train? Uh, I think like Tom Hanks has sort of like yeah you know, i figured Polar you don't Express. know a fucking clue either eric how about you you got anything anything you know what it takes to get a hype train well you need to invest in a lot of hype infrastructure in there okay yeah all right two two bullshitters yeah, yeah, yeah. here with me on the channel a couple suckers thank you everybody for your support heart note we're dreaming a sip for the working man i think that's for you eric what are you sipping on over there i think i know but let's let's uh stick the brand it's uh my favorite beverage the greatest invention of the 21st century besides aew Coke Zero. Is AEW the best invention of the 21st century? Wow, that feels like a big take, but I could almost get behind it. No, I'm... I go Coke Zero over AEW, but it's quite close. If you're me, it's AEW. Let me just say that. If I had to choose between right. Coke... I, you know, it's, it's AEW. Built for my interests. Anfield Road gifting five subs. Alex, I, I don't know how to thank you properly. I'm looking in the, the camera. I, I don't know how to thank you properly. Uh, across all these platforms... You're just like insanely supportive. And I don't, I don't know how to thank you properly or to put into words what it means to me. Thank you so much for the subscription. Seventh Offensive subscribing with Prime. There's a hype train, says Anfield Road. Tom Hummel saying 1.21 gigawatts to get there. Les Gee says Doug Crap. The hype train is on. The plugs are over for now. Let's get into it. Let's do what it is we do best around here. Let's ask you, Eric Hartman, and you, the Brainiacs, in the chat. 
on a scale of one to seven, one being the worst and seven being the best. What did you rank tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite? You didn't spend money on it. No, no, no. It's, it's true that you did not. But you know what you did spend, Eric? I believe it's called time. You're damn right. You spent time on it, and that's worth something. I love you too, Alex. Thank you. Here we go. Stats say Ricky Hart is a draw. That's true. People are excited to see Eric want to support him. One of their own emerging from the Discord onto the big boy co-host chair. This is uh, the day of the sun and a fitting shirt for it. Eric, chewing gum menacingly in the background of a promo. Yeah, let's let's do this. I'm going to go as fast as I can with this. Uh, our mo lovely mod, Maddie Mac with a six. Anfield Road with a six. Magoraphobia with a six. America is so bad with a six. Jay Iggs with a six. Qui-Gon Gin and Juice with a six. Pace Foul with a 5.5. Kevsell with a six. Charlie McGinnis with a six. Brick and Mittens with a five. Am I doing it right? Six with a six. Jay's Retro with a six. Maddie Friggin C with a six. Tuck and Che with a six. Rusty Sheds with a six. Doug Crap with a five. Partner with a six. Good Friend Jake with a six. Hi, it's Merle with a six. Tom Hummel with a five. E Prime with a five. Thomas, uh, Tom PASW with a six. And Ricky Hart with about a five. Okay, so so Eric, I'm gonna say maybe a little lower than the chat average. I'm gonna say around a five and a half, six. Does that hit yours as correct after going through them? Yeah, the the mode clearly being six there. If we're gonna round up on there, that uh that that word that letter was said a lot by me. Um. Number. I'm not going to try and frame your score guess, because of course we are going to go up and down through the whole episode. But I'm going to ask you this, Eric. Is Dynamite developing a trend of the first hour being better than the second? Yes. And um, Tony Khan even mentioned this in an interview recently uh, with not his lie, yeah. favorite outlet uh, uh, that I prefer not to mention. Wrestling. Wrestling with that guy who's annoying. But uh, he's talking like, yeah, you know, I've been uh, just really stacking the first hours, but this week which was last week. I'm really going to try and have the second hour also be good. And I'm like, why don't you just do that all the time? Not that, again, we're splitting hairs on a five and a half instead of a seven is uh, perhaps looking a gift horse in the mouth. But Sure. Comparing AEW to AEW is all that we do on this show. If you want to frame Dynamite against any other weekly television show, it's a de facto seven by the giant fucking gap that it has on everything else. We're talking Dynamite to Dynamite here. But like you, Eric, that did jump off the page in that interview for me when he was like basically saying that, also embarrassing to admit, I forget what reruns it is. There's a rerun of a sitcom that leads into Dynamite. Do you it, remember is, what it, it is old Sheldon. Yes, that's right. Big Bang Theory. Thank you. <laughs> Old Sheldon. That's right. Uh, the Big Bang Theory draws this number. Old repeats. And he basically admits, he's like, we want to get one of our stars out there and then keep momentum for the first hour. And I don't know if this is a confirmation bias thing where I hear him say that and then I see it. But when I see, see or hear a score of five, that is the thing that jumps off the page to me. And I do think it's true of tonight's episode, but I'm with the chat here. It's a six for me. So I, I have a quick question for you before we get into it. Please. If the exact same show happened, but it was a traditional peak on a main event, as opposed to the actual mm. theme song personality is the first thing I hear on every single show. Do you think you would enjoy that structure more or do you like the start hot and maybe go, go a bit lower? That's a great question. Uh, I like... I would like it if CM Punk wasn't always the first thing I see on a show because he does anchor the most interest for me in the show. So when he's now for here, it's, this week's almost a bit of an exception to it because like he's coming up for commentary. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what do I want from him? Um, but the Punk moment on the show, especially true when he was feuding with MJF, but it's probably the thing I'm most interested in and that that's always just like gone in the first 20 minutes. I wouldn't mind just some more variety in the show, but I also understand like 
again, I'm the guy who doesn't care about the business of any of this stuff. I understand that this is what makes sense to do, but I work within the realm of, I don't care about that. If I was just crafting the most enjoyable show for me and yeah, I would add more variety to that equation. How about you? Yeah, I, I think I like a traditional buildup on there. I find when kind of the things I've been looking forward to most happen early on in the show, I tend to not lose interest, but it's harder to keep my interest. I think sure. that whereas like something that's good after everything has already been great, like, yeah, okay, I'll see what's up, what's going on, what's happening in sports and whatever. But if it's like, you know, Dax versus Cash was the literal main event of this, like, well, you know what? I don't care what came before. Like this is, I'm putting the phone down. I got to see what's going on here. Yeah, I think this show in particular would have been served with that as the main event. Uh, but that really is just more of a statement on the TNT title scene, because in theory, the TV title main eventing dynamite would be the, the proper usage of it in my mind. But that's just if Scorpio Sky, you know, I've talked endlessly and we'll get to it. But if I was more into that scene, I wouldn't mind this formatting. But for me, both of my favorite matches on the show are, are out of the way within the first 35 minutes of the program. So I think I see what people are saying. I'm going to hop into the chat here for a second, Eric. Damn it, damn it, damn it, saying, I'm super ill, so my sensors are dull. We hope, damn it, damn it, feels better uh, very soon. Magoraphobia saying, Sammy Guevara stinks. Boo. Uh, Big Mac dropping a brain in the chat and one for you, Angus. Thanks for coming out, brother. Uh, Doug Crap saying, Tony Khan said his favorite song is Buck Cherries. I love the cocaine. Uh, weren't Phoenix and Deeb in hour two, says Hartnote. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but neither of those were, those were moments, not matches. I said that both ma both best matches happened in the first 35 here. Uh, but I like Sheeta and Deeb too. I just didn't think it eclipsed the, the beginning of this show. But let's get into it. The horrible music of Dynamite plays us in. Let the fuse! But it's quickly interrupted, as it so often is these days, by cult of personality, CM Punk getting a full two-minute entrance to take to the commentary booth. Um, tells you everything you need to know about... Uh, this guy's overness, his star power, the crowd's doing the the CM Punk in between with the it's called the personality thing. I never remember any other crowds doing that, but it works so well. Uh, but he's out. He welcomes himself, says hello to Excalibur and JR, but he's out to watch the other two sons of Brett face one another. FTR, who, uh, actually, Eric, before we talk about the match, maybe I'll ask you, you've sent me some of the AEW Road 2s in the past. Did you happen to watch the Dax vs. Cash one? uh they put out for this i did uh eight the vice president of AEW who handles all of the stuff kevin sullivan posts all of them on linkedin so that's how i hear about them and uh he said this one couldn't be missed so i made sure not to and yeah i thought it was tremendously well done um joking aside uh frequent chatter jay's retro said like whatever you're doing carve eight minutes out of your day to do it and i was out all last night but i saw that and saw that tweet around midnight so even just laying in bed on my phone i watch it which i don't normally do and didn't regret it sold it well it's it's sort of a risk pardon me if i'm going to step on you a bit here but like a really respectful showing of like hey this makes sense what we're fighting this makes sense why we're doing it why it's not like oh i'm mad at you because you did that but like just there's a reason for it tournaments are especially great for that They're like g1 yeah. and new japan cup can things always make sense for that and yeah i thought it was a really good build for the match and uh some of that led into what i thought about the match we can get to that when we do, when we do it yeah, I thought this was uh, Steve Austin was saying a great piece of business, uh, this eight-minute video between the two of them. The only thing that was confusing to me is they say opposite things about whether they fought each other or not before. Uh, Dax says, we've never fought after uh, almost 600 days of being together. And then Cash talks about how in being such great opponents, they sort of discovered that they would make for a great tag team. And I was like, well, these, these things cannot, they are mutual. 
mutually exclusive, but regardless, I did think that it set the stage really well for these. And AEW needs to do a better job of getting eyes onto these road twos or even making TV time for two minutes of them because they are a cut above your normal video package on AEW, which is one of our complaints. So I think of you when I think uh, I see those road twos and I thought today's was especially strong. How did you think that it played into the match here, Eric? Because we finally did get after 600 matches together, Dax Harwood versus Cash Wheeler for the first time. So I thought the match was very good, which I think is going to make me a bit unpopular here because I kind of wanted great, and I didn't okay. quite think I got there. What about you, Josh? I'm going to throw it right back to you. Use the one to seven scale here. Uh, what were you thinking this match was going to be, and where did it land for you? I thought it'd be north of six, and I'd say it was between five and five and a half. Like, enjoyed pretty much every minute of it. There was a little bit of the, like, when Dax Poke thumbed, uh, oh, like, why are you doing this? And you're like, come on, man. Like, that's, I thought that was a little, little much for, like, sure. I get it. You guys like each other. You don't need to play that up in there, but it's still a wrestling match. But overall, I thought it was really good. The million WrestleMania 10 and SummerSlam 94 callbacks were expected and appreciated. I like the finish. Before I get into what you thought of the match, though, I'm really curious. Who were you rooting for? I know you and I had the same opinion of who we thought was going to win. Turns mm -hmm. out we were both wrong. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, uh, yeah, I was rooting for Dax, I guess I would say, because ultimately I do think Dax is the one of the two who uh, is going to have the higher ceiling, which is sort of, who cares? Because these are two guys, if there was ever a tag team who should never break up and should stay with one another forever, even over your young bucks or over any of those teams, I really do think it should be FTR. I think that staying together is like in confluence with their characters and sort of what their tag team is built around in a lot of ways. Um, but at the end of this match, you're right. Endless references. They could have just called this match reversals, the match. Like, just <laughs> absolutely the whole story here. They took, oh, I know this guy so well to the absolute extreme. However, my lasting impression after the finish was you have to be a Zen master or someone that I admire greatly to have the lack of ego to be cash in this situation. Because I think maybe I was picking cash because I was thinking of myself in that situation where I was like, okay, Dax is the guy who always gets the shine. He gets more time on the horn. He's the guy who gets the singles matches with Punk and Pac. Dax is always the guy. This is a big moment. We both love uh, Owen and Bret Hart, the Hart family, really. This is my day. This is uh, uh, Josh as Cash Wheeler's day in the sun. But Cash Wheeler, I think, has this deep understanding of what makes a great tag team. And he's one of the shortest gap second bananas ever. He is almost as good as Dax. But he has clearly made peace with being the 1B in this situation. And that was honestly my thought as I saw him... Uh, get rolled up here at the end who are you rooting for i was going for cash for the reason like i was i was kind of excited that i've liked all the dax singles matches i like that he's also the one who tweets he right he's the public face of the team obviously i think back to the first young bucks ftr match the one from full gear at daily's place where the bucks won and I remember the big takeaway from that one, it was one of the only real Cash Wheeler matches I could remember where he was right. the folk one and he was so good and so amazing in it, just doing that. And I just, I kind of selfish, I was like, huh, I kind of want to see that again. Like, I know what a singles match is going to look like. If he faces Kyle O'Reilly in the first round or whatever, or whoever right. it's going to be, like, I know what the match is going to be, and I'm going to really like it. But if you told me, hey, it's going to be Cash Wheeler versus one of these, I'm like, huh, I don't really know what to expect from that. And I selfishly kind of wanted to see that. 
totally understandable. And I think a lot of people probably shared that rooting interest. I will let you know, Cash Wheeler, currently the title holder of my spot of the year. So that's uh, that's his big accolade. Uh, at the end of FDR versus the Briscoe brothers, when they finally hit the, the big rig, and Cash doesn't even look. Like, he's up for the code breaker, and he's out after Mark Briscoe like a rabid dog. Like, falling over himself, does not want the moment, like, goes to take, I just think it's amazing stuff that you guys do of course uh they're both out in matching bret hart gear but the matching was not just a part of the story it was played out in the actuality they have the exact same count out moment which is great they enter at the same time which i did not th- see coming i thought they were going to do that entrance music twice one than another i absolutely love the call to have them enter just out of the two tunnels at the same time catch a little behind dax um the story was maybe exactly what we thought it was going to be, but I thought it was executed really well. There's things I'll remember uh, about this match at the end of the year. And ultimately that's a pretty high compliment given how much TV wrestling I watch. So uh, I'm a little higher than you. I'd give this one. uh, Yeah, probably a five and a half. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I've been traditionally before this run in the last day, like six or seven weeks. I think one of the low men on FTR among our little community here, Think they're doing the best work of their career so i'm yeah. i'm not surprised i'm not like i didn't well, stick my thing like no they suck but like I, i'm not surprised when generally things come out of the crowd and a lot of things yeah i actually don't think this is the best work of their career yet i think they're gonna get there on this run though i think this run will be the one but i still think of like those six nxt takeovers where they were just the best thing on the on great takeovers they were uh, buddy buddy murphy and uh enzo and Cass and the vaude villains like having like show stealing bangers with just c-tier teams uh is is insanely impressive to me still all those other tag teams best matches they've ever had and then into the diy and the diy triple mm-hmm. threat with authors of pain that i love so much i'd still call that run the top but they'll probably eclipse it here um punk versus hangman gets confirmed uh, Punk comes up off the commentary desk. He's, uh, I think, smartly quick to put the spotlight back on to Dax and Cash saying, how about these guys after the match? Absolutely love this. Gets the crowd to give them their adulation one more time. Uh, he talks about that he's never been in a locker room with more talent than AEW's, uh, but Hangman stands atop of this. So think about what that means. Um, I'm excited for this confirmation, as I think everybody in the chat knows, but just in case somebody doesn't, Hangman currently has COVID, so this is going to be a one-sided CM Punk build, except for at least for this week and next. The announcement package got a, a, a good pop. I thought Punk's promo here was good, not great, but really, are you going to give it all when the guy's not there? Uh, what, what does this announcement mean to you, Eric? Talk, talk a little bit about this feud and how we got there with uh, Punk tonight. Sure. Before I get to that, the the thing I really liked in the promo was Punk just kind of pacing around ringside and the camera following him really tight. I thought it looked really interesting. And like yeah. you said, for a promo that was kind of nothing, like I I thought it it kept it interesting kinda, in yeah, that like way. Guiding the camera along the barricade. Mm-hmm. Which is if he just stood on the thing there and gave it like, eh, kind of whatever. But this is a thousand percent the match they need because you and I have been on the same page, simpatico, about the issue with Hangman's title reign is just that he has not been the focus of the show because since he got here, and especially since the MJF feud started, CM Punk is the focus of Diamond. He's the focus of AEW. He's the biggest star. I don't care if you like him, dislike him. Through For the record, Morgan. I care if you dislike him. I just want that mm-hmm. on the record. If you dislike CM Punk, I care. But nobody can dispute right now. He is the biggest star in the business. So him being in the main event is smart for a business sense and also smart for whoever's 
for whoever is supposed to be up there with there. To say you're the biggest star, you're the champ working with Punk in that way, it makes sense. It goes there. You announce it four or five weeks out, whatever. We don't we don't need the complicated build. And uh, I'm not sure if we're going to get to it. I don't see, even with the uh, Dick and Eddie Kingston, I don't see the heel turn coming. I think this is going to be as straight a babyface, babyface feud as it comes. But uh, yeah, I'm pumped for it. I have gone back and forth on who I think is going to win, but also mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think fantasy booking this far out in a public forum is quite prudent for me. It is nice to be entering a world title feud where it sort of could go either way though, right? I'm not even sure who I think should win at this point. Like you said, business, at some point CM Punk is holding the AEW world heavyweight title. Uh, he, they want him as part of that lineage. Uh, it makes all the sense in the world. But I, I, we got a, I got a couple of mentions on the at wrestling underscore brain Twitter account today talking about like, well, if not now, then when for Punk? And I just don't feel that way at all. Like, I, I think Punk could lose to Hangman and still win that belt. Hell, he could win it in a rematch. Like, there, there are ways. Does Hangman have to turn heel to beat CM Punk? And this is the story. Or vice versa. Like, there's so much that could be done and Hangman still win. I think we're entering a feud that really could go either way. Uh, <laughs> I, people aren't going to like the framing of this question, but I apologize. Uh can Hangman keep up with CM Punk on the mic? Like, as we get into these promos back and forth week to week, is can Hangman hang with the Punk Man? I think so. I, I don't think it's going to be a promo battle style like it was with Eddie Kingston or like it was with MJF, obviously. But in his feuds, even with, like, Powerhouse Hobbs or with Darby, Hangman has shown that he is extremely, extremely adept at what he does, which is a lot of very short, very direct things. The... Yeah. Build to the second Adam Cole match where he's got in his face and said, like, look, when I'm talking to you, he can command a room now in a confidence that I didn't expect, even leading up to when we were all just screaming that he needs to win the title. So I think he can get the passion up there in that regard. I don't think it's going to, again, be 19 minute promos uploaded to YouTube in that regard, but I'm not worried about Hangman shrinking in, uh, in the moment. I think that that's... Yeah, well-informed and well-placed. I don't think he's going to crumble or anything. Uh, if Hangman wants to feel like the champion, he can't feel swallowed, though. And if CM Punk, he would not be the first guy who got swallowed in a situation with CM Punk. And not that I think Hangman is horrible or anything. I, I think Hangman is a great, great, great talent. I, I merely mean that he's coming off of an Eddie Kingston feud and an MJF feud. Uh, and between those two feuds, you probably have the best three guys on the mic in the company uh, in, in whatever order you wanted to put them in. And it's big shoes to fill for Hangman Page. Uh, I look forward to it. Uh, Obi-Wan Kobashi saying, consider Hangman. Could you imagine a bigger push than beating Omega, Danielson, and Punk in the same run? I mean, yes, those those wins are good, but only they're only as good as as meaningful as they are. I think big, meaningful angles is what makes stars. Memorable angles with results. Um, Hangman and Brian had two great matches. There's no doubt about it. It added a ton to the title reign. I think those guys could have had a feud uh, that was a little meaty. I don't know. Hangman's just in an interesting spot. He needs to have like his moment and his feud. Uh, the Kenny moment was the moment. And I think Hangman needs, I could understand wanting to have him go over CM Punk here in to give him his big moment. Uh, but I don't think him losing the title removes him from being a giant star in this company either. I'll jump into the chat yeah, here. Absolutely. Uh, hits mail saying hangman should win. Yeah. Again, I, I can see the other side. Punk is the undertaker. He never needs the belt. The belt needs him. Uh, hanger can hang with punk. If it's face face says pace fall. I think punk cooks him. If he turns heel, that makes a lot of sense to me too. Yeah. 
Qui-Gon Jinn and Juice saying, Punk keeps throwing shots at Eddie Kingston. If Punk turns heel at some point, that's a big money match to see them run it back. Uh, so glad you brought that up. Yeah, he was like, I don't mean this as an insult to anybody in the locker room, except maybe Eddie Kingston, but Hangman is the best of them. So uh, I love the keeping up of the Eddie feud and absolutely agree with Qui-Gon Jinn and Juice here. Face Eddie against heel CM Punk is the time to give Eddie that win. I thought Punk should have won last time. Uh, so great thoughts on the chat. I see good friend Jake and Maddie Mack in the chat tonight, Eric, and I'd love to give them a shout out as they are both botting our chat tonight. The Lance and the Axe hanging out one-on-one together, keeping the Brainiacs in line. Of course, that's good a time to, res- to remind everyone as ever, if you want to say anything transphobic, racist, homophobic, get out of town. We don't want it here. Those two mods will have you out on your ass before you can say, oh, well, I thought it was funny. I don't care if you think it's a joke. I got no sense of humor about that sort of stuff. Neither does Eric. Neither does the sweet, youthful daddy pie in the back. Uh, thank you very much to good friend Jake and Maddie Mac putting in their time tonight. The Axe and the Lance. Getting it done. Uh, I see Bobby Burritos dropping a brain in the chat. Uh, Bobby, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I'm wearing this great Blackpool Combat Club shirt tonight. Can everybody see that? The actual Blackpool Combat Club shirt, not great. Love and energy. Uh, I don't know if Bobby is selling these, but uh, Bobby, if you could drop your Instagram in there, I think he's been doing some great designing in general in the wrestling world. Uh, He's finally kicked up an Instagram and uh, putting some of his designs up there. I couldn't recommend a follow enough. Uh, Exploder. Great stuff up there. Go give the Instagram a check. I was wearing the mock shirt last week. Listen, you want to win my heart. It's we love Bobby. We love this Bobby. Nice, and right, she recommended the computer I'm now using. And, and Eric on a flawless connection. So there we go. Bobby all over this channel, uh, making it happen. Paceball saying Coke Zero could be a blunt weapon. That's damn true. Great shirt, says Anfield Rose. That's if Thank it's you. Full. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and they are sick. Yeah. I And I think, and I don't want to speak for you here, Bobby, but I think it was one of these things where it's like, Blackpool Combat Club needs a sick shirt. Like, this is a faction who should have a good shirt. And then the one they put out was so uh, low effort and mediocre that, you know, nothing great. Uh, That was our opening segment. We get the Battle of FTR and our title program announcement. Everybody take a breath as we get to our first of three keep it or kick it of the evenings. Now, Eric, I know you're a guest host around here. You probably don't know the rules to keep it or kick it. A deep, complex game, so why don't... (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So why don't I explain them to you, my friend? Keep it or kick it, of course, a game where I, Mr. 50K, Josh Custodio, scour my brain for a wrestling prompt. I pitch you and the Brainiacs in the chat that exact prompt, and you must tell me if you want to keep that prompt, which means you like it, you love it, you'll want some more of it, or you hate that prompt, which means you kick it, you hate it, despise it, never want to see it again. Eric, do you understand the rules of keep it or kick it, my brother? I do, and I think most chats wouldn't, but we have a very smart chat, so I think they get it. Yeah, smart people. But, you know, the first-time people, or maybe you can pick up a new Nasty Casty or something like that. They they all, what's what's this keep it or kick it? You know, they go, oh, it sounds so complex. What could it be? (laughs) Here we go. We talked about how hard it would be to decide, and, of course, we still have four more episodes of Dynamite and four episodes of Rampage to go before we finally get to Double or Nothing in Vegas. But I want to take the temperature of everybody as we head into this title match. So the keep it or kick it that kicks off tonight is as simple as this. And one of the mods, would you mind uh, dropping the keep and kick emotes in the chat so people can see, please? The prompt is as simple as this. Keep it or kick it. CM Punk successfully defeating Hangman Page and winning the AEW World Heavyweight title at Double or Nothing 2022. Thank you, GF. Keep it or kick it. Keep it or kick it. 
zeros back uh let's get into the chat here not a popular uh one here people not loving the punk man winning it eric do you want to motorcycle through some of the the results here maddie mac kick anfield road kick bobby burial keep pace foul kick kevsel kick big commander huge keep my, my name is will kick doug crap kick hits merrill kick truly mcginnis kick good friend jake kick but he should get it at some point for sure keeg 1717 kick Heart, damn it kick obi-wan Kobashi, a tepid keep, Corvax keep, Giesbrecht kick, am I doing it right kick, and that's it. And Ricky Hart, it is a keep in that I wouldn't kick it, but I don't know if that's what I would book. So I, wouldn't, you don't I can't say I would kick the that idea. Correct. Let's Qui Gon Jin and Juice kick. Let's put you firmly in the TK shoes. You have to make the decision, double or nothing, twenty twenty two. Do we know how many uh, how many uh, years we have left on the punk contract? Is it three? Like he has three total years. Is that right? If not for sure on that, that's a decent guess as a lot of the big deals he did were at least three. So you have time to work with him. But do you think financially now is the time to cash in on punk? Like while he's still hot yes. or do you wait for a heel turn down the road? Like which do you think is ultimately more profitable? I think if I were doing it, I think... Because despite our misgivings with Hangman's run, he is definitely a bigger star than when it started. And losing mm. this won't hurt him. Losing to the biggest star in there and giving Punk a run, whether he loses it back to Hangman, whether he loses it to MJF, or loses it to Kenny Omega, who knows? I think any of those work. And there's an issue. I, brought, I talked about this years ago with the Young Bucks not being in the tag title picture. And it's a bit less the case now. When there is somebody who's such a bigger star than everyone else in there, it makes the title seem lesser. Right. And I think that becomes an issue if CM Punk is away from it for so long. If you give it to him, his star brings up, brings up everything with it. And then when someone beats him, it's as big a star making performance as you can give, even for an established star. Yeah, I like that a lot, uh, and I think it makes a ton of sense. No, no matter how you book this, Hangman's going to be a multiple-time AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Yes. Like, that's that's a no-brainer. Over his career, that will happen. So uh, the chat largely kicking in. I'm going to say 80 to 20. Uh, Maddie, could you try reaching out to the Zoobs and see if he wants to get going here on Pushbook Barry? Thanks very sure. much. Thanks, Maddie. Um, for me... I would actually keep this. Uh, I have to see how the feud plays out. Um, Tom Hummel pointing out that uh, if you let the hangman thing go, they're at risk of the crowd turning on hangman. I really don't think he's at risk of that. I think that guy is just so over and so beloved by the center of AEW that it won't happen. Um, but yeah, not the end of the world to me. Matty Max saying, Eric, not that he's ever off his game, but it's on tonight. The people are with you, Eric. How, how are you feeling it so far? Is this uh, what you expected? Easier, harder? Yeah, I'll say I'm obviously doing terrific because I put in the work. But let me shout out Josh Custodio, Matt, Zoobs. There is a lot of work. It's not just you watch it, you turn it on, you throw in wrestling brain. I have notes of everything I watch. I have the thoughts of as I'm watching, what am I going to say about this? What's it going to do? As I'm seeing here, I need to make sure that I don't accidentally 
saying nustard or something, and then 20 of you just say nustard every time when I'm trying to make an impassioned plea for something. <laughs> so really uh, a lot of respect to our hosts here, but most of all, respect to me. Yes, you were just sharing the spotlight sort of peripherally there. Josh, yeah. Josh, did you hear that? This guy just said nustard. Oh, sorry, I meant to mute myself. Oh, freaking nustard, oh, good gravy. He did say it. <laughs> good friend Jake is pointing out he just said nustard. That is true. Zooms is in chat, exclamation mark nustard. That's something he can work on. Bringing us into a Scorpio Sky and Dan Lambert promo. Uh, Scorpio's like, he's doing his best here. Like, I think he understands that all ego and Dan Lambert are kind of like up here. And this week was him making an effort to like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bring energy and I'm going to like try and try and captivate a bit more here. I don't know that Lambert's got such a silver tongue that he's just hard to keep up with if you're not better. And I thought he straight up exposed his client Scorpio sky here, but he did seem ready to kill Sammy. At least did, uh, was your takeaway something the same here, Eric? My notes say it was a Miz-esque promo where he lists his accomplishment. Every Miz promo in the world is, I am a 13-time Intercontinental Champion and a nine-time this. And he's like, I had the, I was the tag. I'm like, I don't care. You don't, don't have anything now. What are you doing? It's. I'll say this. I think he is better suited overall to face than a heel. I just mm. don't think he's particularly suited near the top of a card any in any orientation. He's one of the wrestlers I'm least interested in all of AEW. Just like somewhere in that Absolutely. absolute bottom. Scorpio Sky, but my interest in Dan Lambert is reasonably high. So, you know, there's some rub there, but he'll be out in our main event tonight to take on uh, Sammy Guevara in a ladder match. Brian Danielson and William Regal are out. William enters and heads straight to the commentary booth. We get CM Punk and William Regal, two matches as guest commentators. Not bad, I say. We didn't really talk about it. Punk was great on commentary uh, tonight, as is Regal here. Uh, they are out. And next, Willer Yuta and John Moxley, the Blackpool Combat Club, who I'm repping, is out to take on the factory. Nick Camarado, Aaron Solo, and QT Marshall. A fuck em up, Moxley fuck em up chant breaks out. And so does a fucking great match where I wasn't expecting one. Uh, I am not a uh, normal praiser of the six-man format. I think AEW relies on it too heavily. Uh, but Blackpool Combat Club, it's sort of like the shield where you're just okay find three people who are on the opposite side of the alignment and it makes some sense to have them wrestle uh and maybe john moxley is like hey here's how we did it for all those years and made like these insanely great tv matches in six months i hadn't really thought of this until tonight and i was like i wonder if mox you would think brian and regal would be sort of doing the match layout i wonder if in these six mans mox is like here's what we did did you like this one as much as me eric yeah i thought it was a terrific match um a lot of fun. I'm a bit higher on the factory guys than you are, I think, uh, who are just had a big win on the New Japan Windy City Mayhem, oh, whatever right, it was called, yeah. Uh, yeah, beating yeah. the LA Dojo on there. The riot. Uh, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, great stuff. A real nice shine for Yoder in his hometown. And we got Aaron, I think we got Nick Camarado's best performance since he fought John Moxley like a year and a half ago in a one of the more impressive and competitive squashes we've seen in the company but they all look good they all did what they're supposed to do and jr called nick armado large hairy man at one point which makes me think he might have a burner in here yeah is he maybe a subscriber to patreon.com slash j0shc which of course for five dollars gets you into my discord where all the best wrestling discourse on the internet listen you can follow the, the discord pipeline you can be a co-host you know you, go, you learn three years of great wrestling takes and this could be you that's all it is patreon.com slash j0shc uh, consider the $5. Consider 
the Discord. Totally agree that this was a great Yuta Wheeler moment. I was sad it was in picture-in-picture. Him and QT Marshall have a great sequence in the middle of this where QT does like a release scoop slam. Like, it's I guess it's a scoop slam, but he lets him go and like sort of throws him down at a peak I thought was really cool. He Irish whips Yuta, who sort of does like the old Rey Mysterio under the ropes, turn around on the turnbuckle, and then comes back for a catch German suplex. I thought that all looked really, really great. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club needs a song and to enter together and to be in some meaningful feuds, and they'll be among the hottest acts on this show. Yeah, the, the one point I want to bring up on here is this: they've had these six men now, I think, three weeks in a row and haven't really taken a step towards anything. I'm a little surprised. Jumping ahead a bit, Trent is going to wrestle um, Joe on sure. Rampage and probably has done so by, in real time by the time we're recording this. Uh, but I'm surprised that there hasn't been the sort of fallout of like the best friends and even like Rocky being like, hey, what's up? Like, Uter, you, you left? Like, we're going to try and kick your ass and your buddy's asses now. Like, I imagine they're building to that, but it feels like waiting a month in between is a bit strange. Could that be the pay-per-view match, do you think? Even if that month is strange, is that is or is that worthy of pay-per-view, the blow-off to that? I think it is for you and I. I don't think that is an AEW. I don't think that is fits Tony's booking rhythms. What would it be? It'd be Chuck Orange and Trent versus the BCC. I think Orange is still hurt. Is the issue something? It'd be I'd, I'd throw in Rocky, I guess. Uh, yeah, my yeah, it's tricky. Maybe just Chuck Taylor versus Wheeler. Blow off singles goes on right after the title fight. Just yeah, awful waffle. And they actually decide takes us off air. Yeah, everyone, confetti. Not a dry eye in the house. Chucky e. T, Chucky e. T, Chucky e. T. That's the the arena going. They've seen CM Punk. They've seen Hangman. They've seen Brian Danielson. They don't care. They saw the awful waffle on you to Wheeler. Uh, loved this match. Gadoosh. Gadoosh. Tony Storm is with Jamie Hayter backstage. Uh, they're having a, a promo segment here with Tony Schiavone. And Tony Storm's doing a sort of like a chill thing here. Like she's paying attention, but kind of, not big timing. I don't know. Would you, it's casual. It's kind of tough for me to describe her demeanor, but I was pretty into it, actually. I thought that she stood out to me in this program better than a lot of these backstage AW women segments do sometimes uh, until she introduces Ruby Soho. And I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. And then in seconds, I was like, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Um, we're setting up the Hater and Tony Storm match for the beginning of the the Owen tournament. I almost wonder if uh, Hater's going to win that, and then we go to Storm and Brett. I, that was kind of my takeaway from this, but we'll see. What'd you think of this seg- segment? Uh, we got two brain synergy there, and that I was really into that. I mean, my affection towards Jamie Hater as a wrestler is well-known. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that's good. I'm really looking forward to that match. And I thought bringing Ruby in, like, okay, maybe we'll get a tag match between these two next week, just as they're all four of them are in the tournament. Truly has got it up there. But the tournament's actually starting in two weeks at this point. So, like, it, it's sneaking Past up two, on right? us. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the one in Long Island. But once it came in, the, like, we're going to catering where you belong. Like, I, I don't know. And then I'm low on Ruby, is what I would say. But you just, like, feel the energy drop in this sequence she's trying to do like the remembered promo and it's like i don't know there's like a disconnect between video package ruby and the ruby like the presentation is good like her character is defined Mm -hmm. the the look is finished the theme's great all of those the runaway video packages i thought were really strong i thought her and alley catch the gcw show was pretty strong but i don't know it's just not i don't know she's i don't i don't know what it is 
but uh, I thought she was the weak link here. But on the opposite end of that, I want to get to our second keep it or kick it of the evening. If I can, you all remember the rules. Uh, and no one taken first time chat. Thanking Anfield Road for the sub. Yeah, Anf- Anfield Road, Alex here, an angel passing them out. She's got New York brains, says Maddie Mack. I think that's right. I think that's that's absolutely right. Like, she isn't forced into doing, like, memorized promos, but it feels like she is. She's, like, trying to remember. I don't know. Very stilted. Here we go. Second keep it or kick it. We had four people on screen during this back and forth segment. To me, one stood above the rest, but I'm curious if others agree. Keep it or kick it. This statement, Tony Storm is the best wrestler in this segment. Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho. Go, Maddie. Let's see what the people said, Eric. Do you want to give them a read? Get their names on air. Elder heaps and kicks. Let's do this. Uh, f- talking about our, our guy, Bobby Burrito. He is keeping it. Scoots Brodo is keeping it. Maddie Mac is kicking it. And, oh, no, they're coming in so fast. I can't even see them. Pace Foul is keeping it. Kevsal is keeping it. Qui-Gon Jin and Juice is kicking it. Hater is literally right there. Qui-Gon Jin is very wise. I would not be uh, killed by him. I would not let Darth Maul kill him. Anfield Door is kicking. Heart Note is kicking. Noel Taken is keeping it. Trilly McGinnis is keeping it. Tom Hummel is kicking it. Josh, I think you might be getting the, I know the ideal of a keep it or kick it is a 50-50 split. And I think we might be there, especially because you know where I'm landing on this, where I'm going to load up, uh, getting ready to go to Cutter, because I am kicking it. Yeah, you're a hater, a uh, hater man. Absolutely. So if you were to put the I think, belt, who's more sorry. belt ready of the two? Oh, Tony absolutely is going to be the biggest star in the division within six months. Yeah, it does feel that way. Exactly 50-50, says Bobby Burritos. Hell yeah. <laughs> Darth Malt Liquor. That would be a good name. Uh, Tom Hummel going Brit. Even if it was a stock, even if she was a stock, it would be a sell, sell, sell. Well, that's interesting then. What are you really saying? She's my favorite, but I would jump off the train given the opportunity. <laughs> Let me tell you, CM Punk was wrestling Alberto Del Rio for six months there in 2013. I never got off the train. Every time called the personality played, I was like, I, maybe this time it'll be more interesting. I know, so just something to think about. <sighs> Second keep it or kick it in the damn can. Eric, you're killing it tonight. Bringing the damn heat. Thank you very much for sitting in. Uh, and on short notice too. It's uh, it's very nice of you to just be like, nope, I'm there. If you need me, let me know. I'll grab the mic and I, I greatly appreciate it. I'm having a great time. And I think the chat's loving it too. We're having, we're having fun. We're wrestling brain. The only difference is I'm wearing a shirt, which I don't normally do when I'm watching. Yeah, and I mean, really, that is all, to all of our detriment. We would prefer the the tarp soft version. There's no, there's no getting around that. I uh, would also like to say, to get a second you. hype train going. I'll do it. Second hype train. We get tarps off, Eric. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. This man wants to go house next oh, week. God, I I'm see. gonna regret that one. <laughs> would also like to say a thank you to uh, our producer in the back, Matt Prince. You can listen to his EP Love Handles on Spotify. M A T. Prince, uh, it's uh, listen, don't take my word for it. Take Maddie Mack in the chat who called it one of the greatest Canadian albums of the last couple of years. I fully agree with that. 
uh, it's an EP and get through it quickly. I recommend uh, maybe, maybe maybe I should sing a little one, Matt. We've got you here, but maybe everybody would like to hear me sing sing a little one. Let's hear it. Okay, and uh, here we go. <clears throat> so please don't make me go to the funeral. <laughs> I couldn't understand it if I tried. You can get that and more love handles. It's on Spotify. Uh, beautiful EP. I absolutely agree with it. Uh, good friend Jake saying we might get pulled for term of service. That was so accurate. So uh, thank you. That's, that's true. Good friend Jake. I am nervous. Okay. Jurassic right. Express is backstage with Christian Cage, who's their mentor, giving them a pep talk. I can't think of champions who feel less than champions is what I write down as I look at this. Uh, I know that's sort of the story they're telling that Jungle Boy looks down and is carrying himself like a loser, but I didn't think it needed pointing out as Christian said, you don't sound like a sore loser, just a loser. And I was like, Christian's right. <laughs> like these guys, these guys are losers. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky interrupt. And I immediately think these guys should be the champions. Uh, and they give a compelling promo about why they're coming for them. They get a title shot. They're the number three ranked tag team in the world. I'm not going to complain again about the rankings. I must say though, this match, it works for me, brother. Uh, what's the best pairing of Jurassic Express and Powerhouse and Ricky Starks? What will you be looking for in that match, Eric? Um, probably in that case, seeing Hobbs and Jungle Boy. I want to see how Jungle Boy works with a real big guy. Me too. Just kind of throw around with him. I think Ricky and Jungle Boy could have some really good singles matches down the line. I think there's some money in there, but like, if I'm, hey, we're getting in this tag match, it's going to be 18 minutes and some wild shit. Let me see the cool stuff of big guy, little guy. Sometimes that's all it takes. Big And, and AW, I know that they are the champions, but they're like the only big guy, little guy tag team. One of the best archetypes in all of pro wrestling. Oh, the only thing better is two big guys. And then right, right, here's two big guys this year. And then big guy, small guy can get all the way up to here, depending on the gap in size between the said big guy and small guy. Like Marco Stunt and Paul White, Vader, Vader and Bigelow, that team. That's what you're looking at. More of them, please. Uh, Powerhouse and Ricky absolutely get it done. I don't think they have a chance at beating Jurassic Express on TV, which is almost too bad. Do you agree, Eric? I do. I, I had the thought I'd love for them to win and just continue that uh, Keith Lee swerve feud, but for the belt, because those that feels like one of the hottest feuds they got going. Uh, totally. And the more uh, pairing of swerve and Lee, which I guess they got away from a bit tonight, but the more you can have those guys together, uh, the more I think you're on to something and another great big guy, little guy tag team. Although if there's a way we can make swerve smaller, it would get better. Lee's already pulling his Lee's huge. He's doing everything, but swerves like medium. If we could maybe, you know, I saw, I saw they can lengthen guys' calves now. You ever see this? They like lengthen wow. guys' calves. Yeah, it's freaky to see the before and afters. Maddie, have you seen this? Uh, I I have, but I thought it was a joke. Uh, no, it's real. They like, they like increase it a little bit at a time. Because it, it showed a short guy in one <laughs> image and then he was taller in the next. And I thought that's already been done by South Park, but... <laughs> How does that how does that work with your bones? That's the thing. That's the thing I don't get. I think they just listen, I don't actually know. I think they like create a little gap and then you're like bone, they know like the max they can cut out and then your bone like fills it in and they do that a bunch. Who is that uh UFC fighter, the really tall guy in the lightweight division who sort of uh his his tibia went all Anderson Silva? 
in a fight. He 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 did he did the Anderson Silva before Anderson Silva. God, Corey, I Corey, I think it was Corey. Corey and Trevor. Yeah, Corey and Trevor. <laughs> Corey and Trevor. That's sort of what I'm up. picturing. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to like step heavily on that extended calf. Yeah, no. I mean, you feel like you're begging for your leg to break like that. I don't know why you didn't just use Anderson Silva as the comparison. You're like, how about this way less famous guy who did yep. it exactly like Anderson Silva? <laughs> yeah, but he's, just... he's tall and skinny. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do feel that way uh, about like you're just begging for that, like jumping off a high height. If it just, you deserve that to me. Uh, Pacefall saying stealing tall valor is disgusting. I agree with that actually. Madness. Lance Archer enters, uh, and we get shown MJF in the press box, who cuts a promo. I like this line a lot, Eric. Let's see if you remember the punchline here. What do women in Philly use as their birth control? I believe the answer is their personality. That's right! Their personalities. The Sean Spears to my MJF in that exact situation, completing the line. Uh, he has, of course, paid money to Lance Archer to maim Wardlow. Uh, we're sort of promised a hoss battle here uh wardlow's out to silence i don't think the crowd knows exactly what to do here because like with jericho they sing the song and i think they should be doing the wardlow goldberg chant but i don't really think that because some of the crowd some of them are going wardlow wardlow then some are trying to do that a little confuddled they did it after the match so they got it right then but i think they should all be singing along as if like the time they didn't play juice <laughs> they just do the sting over and over this is war yeah this is war um agree with good friend jake here lance archer now that guy is cool yeah man lance archer is like one of the most over delivering wrestlers relative to my initial expectation i don't know if anyone else was watching tna in 2013 when he was doing rock and rave but i was like this blows like this is like i saw less than zero in him then he goes to new japan a couple matches with big fucking mocks and now i'm like this guy's always getting it done i thought he was you know this is where you miss the house show circuit with AEW because you you tell wardlow okay the next month five nights a week you're wrestling lance archer lance we need you to lose to this guy every night, but teach him everything about being a big man that you know how to teach. Because Lance was leading in there tonight to such a degree that I thought it was like borderline cooperative looking in moments. Mm-hmm. I, the note I have my my notes is Archer is such a pro. That's all I have. Then I have a bunch of things of Wardlow fucking up spots. I have notes on that, but... I totally agree. Archer comes across like an old vet in this match. Like in a, in, in a good way, but a match shouldn't really have to get there. Uh, I must say the, the match never gets better than its opening second when uh, Wardlow just sprints across the ring and opens with a head scissors Rana like to just open the match like it's nothing. There's obviously a planned thing between these two guys, but I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, if you want to write down all the things Wardlow got wrong in this match or like the mistimings, you could actually write a pretty long list and none worse than releasing a pin. Like he doesn't wait for the kick out. Like it's one. And then as the ref goes for two, like he rolls out of the pin. It's like, you really know that one you can't do you it can't be on tv that one um but yeah i thought this this match was was pretty all over the place do you think i still despite all that i'm quite high on wardlow i think he'll get there he's green as grass right now but he is over he is getting the goldberg like yeah. responses in there mjf is rubbing off on him perfectly and it's going well and i think just also with his personality style the fact that he's not in he's not going out there doing tokyo domain event style it's okay for now. It doesn't, yeah. he needs to get better, but he doesn't need to get like 
I don't need to be comparing his matches to Will Ospreys. No, he. I'll, I'll go to another one member of Osprey's faction. He needs to go watch Jeff Cobb matches. What do eight-minute Jeff Cobb matches look like? That's what Wardlow needs to look at. It involves no selling and offense. Whether you win or lose, you can take some offense and the guy can catch you at the end. Um, but this stuff, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it, it, it like, have him do less because uh, this guy's obviously over. But I, I don't know if people are being fully honest with where he's at in ring. Like, I think the goodwill of this babyface push exiting the MJF CM Punk feud is sort of clouding the discourse a little bit. Like, he looked he looked very green to me tonight. Like, like green in there in a big prime spot with a big angle. Um, but maybe it was just, and not even off night, because it wasn't like this horrible match. But if you watch a lot of wrestling, you can just tell what's going on. Like, it's, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. Not, and like you, I'm not... I'm not selling the Wardlow stock. I just was, uh, yeah. But so, so you're not selling, but I, I agree again. I think he's really great on that. Would you be booking him differently right now? You mentioned maybe you'd have him work some shorter matches, but like, would would you be doing this push now? Would you have waited a bit? Would you like? It's so hard because, you know, you have, you have this CM Punk MJF feud, which just gives so much gas to it that it's, you know, you want to give it a shot right now. And they're doing the Jade just squash very small short match build right now. So I get why you don't want to just like do the exact same thing on both shows. But having Wardlow just take a loss to MJF and enter a tag team with somebody and continue some of that overness honestly seems like a good idea to me. I used to think, oh, you have him finally pin MJF at the end of all this. But I think that would be outright a mistake at this point to have him go over MJF at any point. So what you're saying is we need Wardlow to be the often rumored fourth member of the Blackpool Combat Club. Getting with them, some Atomicos, we get this going, learn from the best. If, God forbid, anything happens to Ricky Starks, just get Powerhouse and Wardlow to team up. I don't care about the cross-faction. Like just the, Whoever's the other biggest, most jacked guy on the roster at the time, those two are teamed up. That's me always booking. And their finisher is headbutt. That's always just one guy grabs him and the other one, mm-hmm. we just call it the headbutt. That's, that's what I'd be doing with Wardlow. Bobby Burrito saying, when I see Wardlow, I revert to being a casual fan. It was cool when Wardlow powerbombed the big guy a lot of times. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot of people. And I think that is what he's trying to do, right? So, yeah. I don't think he needs to be doing much more. I'm just saying, why book him in something that's stretching him so far uh, in the middle of a push? Like He's not ready to do 10 minutes with Lance Archer. And it doesn't serve him to be doing that. Especially after you get such a big entrance and such an over-entrance. Mm-hmm. Just my opinion. Of course, you can always follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore brain. Myself at J0SHC. Eric at Eric Hartman. I have that right, right? Yep. yep. E-R-I-C-H-R-T-M-A-N. Is there anything you would like to H- plug, Eric? Uh, no. You can follow my Twitter. I have great tweets about the Blue Jays and wrestling. Twitter.com slash Eric Hartman. Uh, I don't know. I'm easy to find other places if you're that interested. Big LinkedIn guy from what I gather. Absolutely. Yeah. Gotta love it. LinkedIn. Rise and grind. Yeah. (laughs) That's where the ROH news is going down. Show highlight. The Jericho Appreciation Society is out. Uh, Jeff gets the mic first and uses a term that we all should have guessed. How has nobody ever considered calling them the AW Galaxy. 
That is so perfectly dovetailed into what they're doing here with the sports entertainment angle. Uh, he gets most of the mic time here before they're interrupted by Eddie. Well, I suppose not interrupted. They're sitting down for a contract signing, but in the middle of a promo, Eddie and Santana and Ortiz decide, okay, we've heard enough. We're going to come here. They don't give a fuck about this shit. They throw the chairs everywhere. They knock water bottles around. They don't like this sports entertainment stuff. This segment is like a, a meta on the pro wrestling uh, contract signing. Uh, Jericho responds to Eddie and he wants an apology. He wants an apology from Eddie Kingston uh, for all of their uh, misgivings. Incredible stuff here as this unfolds. We'll talk more about the segment in and out, but uh, these guys' dynamic is just playing out. You wouldn't expect after their match at a pay-per-view that you'd want to see more of them, but Jericho and Kingston have surprised me with an ability to like have a greater chemistry. Like He brings something good out of Chris Jericho, doesn't he? Absolutely. Jericho, the fact that he also gets five years younger every week really adds to it. It's whatever so he's weird. done for that is. Yeah. And and like you said, it's I think there was towards the end of the pinnacle, there were some concerns of or sorry, the inner circle, like, oh, maybe he's holding some people down or whatever. Like, we're a bit tired of this, but he clearly is still just trying to elevate a lot of people. That's so admirable. And you see it as much as you can, obviously, with Daniel Garcia, because if you told somebody, I think you even tweeted or whoever runs the Wrestling Brain Twitter again, I'm not trying to unmask anybody. Um, it is me. Oh, okay. Just wanted to, I didn't know. I mean, Zoobs will send the odd knowledge. one out there. And if it's Monday morning and uh, Paul might do one, if, if you know, anyway. But yeah, you said if the the idea of the JAS, like six months ago, what are you talking about? Like, it's so entertaining. If you told me Daniel Garcia, Red Death, sh- the shooter, he does all this. He's around the Kangol Hut cutting sports and heroes. They'd be like, that sounds awful. But actually, I'm so impressed with him in this role. He's doing it. And it almost feels like an excursion for him within there. Because the point of an excursion when you go uh, from Japan, you got to try something. You don't want to go do the exact same gimmick you were doing as down the line or the gimmick you're going to do and get back. You got to expand your horizons. We could talk about that if we have time at the end with how I really want to see a lot of Takeshita from DDT and that. But like sure. we're seeing that. And just seeing Garcia step fully out of his comfort zone into things that don't just involve, I'm going to walk down and I'm mean and I fight and my leg got broken in that car accident. Like, and he's killing it and I'm thrilled for him. This devolves into sort of an argument about uh, Chris Jericho saying, I'm going to put a hit out on you guys. And Eddie Kingston does this whole, uh, I saw Rampage Jackson from MMA fame always used to do this when people would use the term beef. He would like tone up. He'd be like, oh, you're talking about a beef? You want to squash a beef? Like I'm I'm from an area, I'm from Louisiana. You want to squash a beef? You got to fight me. We got to solve our beef. Uh, Eddie Kingston takes his exact ethos tonight. It's like, you're going to put a hit on me? You know what that means in Queens? He takes the gun. I thought you couldn't do this on TV. Uh, I don't know. This is where it can be so nice to have the zooms. I don't know if Ryan Shaps in chat, but these guys who know the that side of the TV business, Eric, I don't know if you know. It was my working understanding that you can't take like a, a finger gun and put it to somebody's head. The only thing I know that TNT's ever gotten paid pissed off like about that jericho said is he smoked a cigar once on apparent like early in dynamite after he like broke dustin Rhodes's arm in something and they apparently called the next morning so, like if you do that again we'll like we'll kill you they called like, about janela smoking too they have that segment on like i think mm. the first or second dynamite where janela's smoking and mox just walks in and like takes a drag off the yeah. cigarette and walks out and then just like never again which is too bad because obviously watching got cool guys smoke rules and that particular yeah. segment was outstanding so uh I think we can say that on here anyway. But anyway, this whole thing's about the the hit. The intensity ramps up. Pacefall saying that uh, Jericho really selling Freddie here. 
He did. And it's this thing I always talk about where I, I hate when Cena, it was my biggest critique of Cena, where like when guys would ratchet up on him, he'd always just be like, <laughs> okay, Junior. <laughs> and it's like Jericho and Triple H, one of my least favorite wrestlers ever, is so good for this. It's like if you are like Triple H, you have dirty laundry. He'll be like, oh, my laundry? You were saying that about my laundry? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, Eric nailing it here. But I do think that's good. Like you're encouraging the performer to, to continue to ratchet up and for that train to head downhill and carry momentum. And I thought Jericho did that in spades for Eddie here. I think this should have opened dynamite. What do you think about that? I think that could have worked. I'm a bit of a traditionalist in that 95% of the time I wanted opening with a match, but like. I turn that this... to 90 and I'm actually with you generally. Yeah. But it's, I think the hook I, I think it, fans, this is the sort of segment that like a feud launcher that people might the next week be like, oh, those guys, what happened with those two? Like, I think this is the sort of segment that gets people to actually come the next week. I also do think big, uh, big magic, Matt Menard would remind people of Sheldon. <laughs> Medium people Sheldon, stay from maybe. there. Yeah. <laughs> Teenage Sheldon. Uh, the face-to-face with uh, Eddie and Chris and then when Daddy Magic comes into frame and is just chewing gum, I think our own Matty Matt called that a spot of the year contender. I can't disagree. Um, Daddy Magic Mike Menard is what happens when charisma becomes unbound. <laughs> this guy is like a scene stealer. Haley was like, what are you laughing about? Like, and I was like trying to explain. I was like, just look at this guy. Just like, look at him. He's like, ah, <laughs> this guy does rule. Uh, yeah daddy magic absolutely killing it eric i don't see anybody obvious so don't uh, feel that like you have to have a good answer here i've racked my brain i've asked on twitter and i see some good answers but i want to know your angle on it eddie santana and ortiz are gonna need two more guys to fill out against the five man jericho appreciation society they even had five chairs set at the table we didn't get that paid off i actually feel insanely invested in whoever these two guys are going to be for whatever reason i'm all in on this feud but do you have a lean on who these two guys might be or if it'll be two singles guys or a tag team? Any sort of wild guess? I have a wild guess. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it can work because I think it needs to be baby faces. People are already here. People pretty high up the card. And just the name, like the kind of, and the two guys sort of feud that just sort of finished up. What about Darby and Sting? I don't hate that at all. Wow, that's out there. But because they have beef with 2.0 too. That's interesting. Wow, I didn't see that anywhere either. They need if Darby loses next week to gain entry into the the Owen, that mm -hmm. could be where they're going. I think that's a fun call. Sting in blood and guts, he'd do it. It's, e it's easy to hide a tenth to be the tenth guy hiding. Who, oh, do, who do you trust more in a blood and guts match, Sting or Jake Hager? Sting, yeah, great point. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sting twice before Jake Hager once. Like he goes through the entire match, is bleeding and is exhausted, and they're like, "Okay, Sting has had sixty minutes of blood and guts, or you're gonna have fresh Jake Hager." And I'm like, "Repaint him, get the paint. Come on, Sting, take a breath, and whatever it takes, Stinger." Uh, yeah, great point, Eric. Yeah, a hundred times over, maybe. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. Hard note saying Penta is Eddie's best friend. Yeah, Lucha Brothers would make some sense here, too. I like that. Bobby Burrito saying, I'm putting the perfect Daddy Magic screenshot in the Discord. Now, that's what I love. Like. $5. Commercial for the Discord. Yeah, Eric, you take it away. Discord doc, or 
uh, patreon.com slash j0shc gets you access to the discord gets you all the wrestling brain solo content if you're real good and real lucky can you occasionally get you to host wrestling brain and <laughs> some good video game talk as well yeah that is that is maybe the the come for this it's like people meet Haley and i and they might stumble into me because i'm louder and like 30 minutes in they're like wow this person is so much more interesting than you <laughs> they 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 quickly learn uh so maybe this is that Thank you for the commercial, Eric. Greatly appreciate it. Bobby Burritos with money bags. Yeah, I am a greedy guy. That is true. I just do this a lot. The Patreon, you'd it'd be shocked at how much is getting like a little bit of cash from that. I'm like, okay, I've put a lot of my life into talking about wrestling. I'll somehow pretend this makes it worth it. <laughs> we're, we're seven years into spending hours a week doing this. It better be crazy to stop now, wouldn't it, boys? I don't know who will join. I saw the name Homicide floated out. That makes a lot of sense. Another guy who loves to hang out with Eddie. I saw people saying the original LAX, uh, Hernandez and uh, Homicide. I don't know if that makes that much sense, to be honest. It's like, oh, here's the other version of us. We had like a big blood feud blow off with. I don't know. It, it could maybe make sense, especially there's another TNA uh, talent share coming up that we'll talk about. But uh, so I guess maybe. But I don't know. I'm very curious to find out for some reason. They really got me on this feud. Yeah, and I'm... I'm also, I hope they do it soon. I'm getting a little, like I mentioned earlier about the Black Hole Combat Club, I'm getting a bit tired of, I'm sorry if I'm skipping ahead to their no, no. segment later, just they are outnumbered and losing to the damn numbers game every time. And it's, you know, I get it. Five guys beat up three. Like it's, what's, what's in this two? instance, it shouldn't, you know, Eddie Kingston could take on a couple of those guys on his own. And Kayfabe, he beats, he beats Jericho. He already has. You tell me you couldn't take on the two point. You tell me Eddie Kingston's fighting uh, Daddy Magic and uh, Jeff Farmer. I'm picking Big Eddie. I'm saying there's a chance. A street fight up next here. Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. Four, Eric, do I have this right? Their fourth match, I believe, here. A street fight in Philly, a city famous for them. Uh, a chant broke out tonight that I loved. Holy Shida! Uh, as she was beating the hell out of Serena Deeb with a cane, which a lot of this match was based around, Eric, this cane offense in the middle of it. Uh, what what would you think of this one? So before anyone gets into it in the chat, or even though, because timing is weird, it's the yeah. fifth one. This is the rubber match. Shut up, Thank we know. Um, I the What I thought of it was bell to bell. I didn't necessarily think it was the greatest or the smoothest, but I really like that the violence and urgency came through. This is a street fight. They have been feeding yeah. for six or eight months. It's and the like wild swings of the kendo stick. A lot of times the kendo stick kind of feels forced. Like, Hey, I want to beat the shit out of you. Like, and I thought that really came through well. And because of that, it made the match work very well for me. Before we get into it, there is one thing I need to yeah. say, perhaps my biggest pet peeve in wrestling. One of the biggest New York pill things I can imagine is the comments saying, Oh, we hit the, with the, with the salt in the eyes or with the chair, with the kind of stuff. but it's all legal in here. It's perfectly legal. The perfectly legal thing is the uh, tick used in New York on that. Anytime I hear that in AW, I'm like, I just, that is something I never perfectly want to hear. Legal. We get it. You said there's no disqualification, no can out. I heard at the beginning of the match, please never say it again. That's very funny. I think you're, yeah, it's a local medical facility. If they said that would, you know, make a guy mm. want to drive off a cliff. Um, I think I maybe like this match more than the, the Twitter timeline in some ways. I like a hardcore match that's still like trying to tell a story. And this is a, <laughs> like a match built around the cane and how evenly matched they are. And who's willing to like get more depraved? Who will lower the bar 
within even the confines of a hardcore match there are there's dignity you know like there's fish hooking and you know gouging the eyes <laughs> still you know versus a chair shot i like that serena deeb was like i'll get nasty with it hits with the powder and does what makes sense she didn't like heal it in this spot so many times you'd go like feed around like ah, i got him blind and then do like one big bump as she has the blinded she just starts wailing on her with the stick she's like you can't ju- you can't dodge this now you've had five minutes of the stick now i've got the stick like that would be me in a fight it wouldn't be like what's the most damage be like you hit me with that thing like i'm gonna give me that fucking thing i'm gonna hit you with it like it uh they're really uh read very well to me until these like weird breakups to go back you want to talk about a new yorkism these cuts to backstage where thunder rosa is just looking at the match on a tv why have her come out and hold her belt up for whatever that length of time is that 10 seconds combined just have her after this match come and hold her belt and stare at the i'm gonna say a con I'm going to say something controversial. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe for the front row seat, she should have been there and not Kip Sabian with a bag over his head unexplained for nine months or acknowledged. No, I don't know. I got to disagree with you here, Eric. I'm really looking forward to the long-term payoff of this Kip Sabian angle. He's he's underrated and over it. That's why you have all three of their four of the shirts he's released about that uh, already oh, yeah. I on love those. chopaw.com. Well, listen. The moment uh, the moment uh, Exploder does a uh, Kip Sabian shirt, I'll I'll be I'll be purchasing. There's no getting around that. Holy Sheeta! She does uh, take right. the loss here, though. A clover leaf from Deeb. After all this punishment, I think people know I love the submission after big damage. It's sort of becoming popular in AEW, which I like. Mox with the Death Rider into the Bulldog Choke, or uh, Brian had one. Oh yeah, Brian had the the Pile Driver into the the Crossface the other week. I love that stuff. It just makes sense. It's what you see in real fights, like in the UFC. A guy gets rocked, and if the guy knows a little Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he's like, you're rocked, and now I'm going to strangle you. And what, uh, uh, I like sorry, that moment. What level belt do you need to be at to uh, to know that after? Does <laughs> yeah, blue do it? Yeah, if you had a blue belt, you could definitely, could definitely make that. That's a great question. Eric. Yeah, that's a great question. Kip is a Leafs fan. This is a good friend, Jake. Does that endear him to you, Eric? You're a Leafs guy. I don't know. I also can't tell if Jake's doing a bit. Oh, okay. I, I, he could be he could not be it just either way no i don't really care bobby's so working on that kitten save look thank you brother um um do you want to take us to mjf and spears let's take us right on into mjf and spears who are backstage and i think there was a question asked in our discord eric about uh who's another big man on the roster that MJF could call? And I sort of said, I was at a loss. You know, there were names you could do, but I didn't think, you know, Butcher was off a loss. Uh, oh, uh, people were saying Nick Camarado, but he took a loss tonight. Like, I, I didn't see, I didn't see those You need names. to go higher than... Go- yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's up from Lance Archer, but also can mm-hmm. take a loss and is a heel. It, it becomes like sort of a shrinking Venn diagram. Uh, but nonetheless, MJF and Spears are backstage with Lexi, uh, who MJF fucks up her name, does not care, boots her out, says he's got a plan. Spears, hand me my phone. I I gotta say, I think I'd make a great rich guy because I wouldn't move or anything. I'd just be like, get rid of my bills. I'd be like, fuck it. I can just finally just stay at my apartment all the time. Uh, but something that I, w- I do like the looks of, I must say, is someone else carrying your phone. The move of, hey, hey, give me my phone. That Power play. Uh, Wardlow does this with Spears. He hands him the phone, and here's the exact words we get. Hey, big man, 
When he said that, Eric, did anybody cross your mind? Who were you thinking MJF had the phone when he goes, hey, big man? I was just trying to like do a lexicon in my brain. Like, who could this be? The one I said in the Discord that I was hoping for was Paul White, which didn't make sense because unless they're doing the fifth, he's accidentally, he's broke again angle and he's crying while turning heel. It wouldn't go with that. But like, I was trying to think, who could it be above Archer in the pecking order that like Wardlow can beat without him being in a program there? And I was drawn a loss. Yeah, no, it totally does feel that way. He then says... Okay, yeah. You want to wrestle for six figures? Great. Thank you. Hangs up, and he lets Wardlow know the next week he's going to have to fight someone smarter. So then I start thinking, who are smarter wrestlers? Who are the people on this list? You know, obviously guys like Nick Gage come to mind, uh, Mick Foley, so some of these guys, but none of those. Then he goes, somebody stronger, smarter and stronger than Wardlow. God, that could be. But then MJF gives it away like the pro he is. And he says, it's somebody taller. And I think we do the, the three things line up in the roulette. Ding, ding, ding. Because you can't teach that. Words are said aloud by MJF as W. Morrissey, formerly Big Cass, formerly Big Ass, uh, coming to wrestle Wardlow on AEW television next week. Why am I so excited about this? Oh, I thought you were going to answer that. Um, no. People who watch Impact, which don't include you or myself, say he's actually doing pretty good work there. I think uh, that's and the... I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Not to get uh, too personal with it, but when I hear a story of an alcoholic in particular being like, I just hit like an insane... And you think about it at the time, everyone was like, Enzo has all this backstage heat. He's so hated. What a douchebag. And now we know, like, Cass was just this raging alcoholic MAGA guy backstage, and everyone fucking hated him. Like, that tag team must have just been, like, the most loathed combination of guys in history. That's the, the shoot interview I need to see, them together. Regardless, when somebody hits that sort of low and then admits it, it feels like cathartic when, I don't know if other people watched his uh, Chris Van Vliet interview, but, like, when you hear somebody just be like, no, I... I am an alcoholic. Like I, I like whatever people thought of me was a hundred times worse, actually. And just like do that full me a culpa. I just find it very easy to cheer for. And I see pictures of him and he's jacked. Uh, and he can take a loss to Wardlow. So he, I feel like he checks a lot of boxes here. I hope they don't play up the big cast thing. And there isn't too much. Can't teach that stuff. But where does this measure on the Eric Richter scale in terms of excitement? Where in terms of where they could have gone. Scoots, man, they take a gone. Hand. I got you scoots, man. Thank you. Yeah. I, I I think it's an interesting match. It's fun. Like, oh, like that reason I'm like, oh, I think the exact response I gave was LMAO, which I was laughing my ass off. I would never say that if I didn't. Yeah, um, no, that's only if your ass is falling off from laughter. Yeah, it's it's out. I've got a proctologist appointment tomorrow because of it. Um, <laughs> I think it's a cool one and you're bound to it. It needs to be somebody who could do it, but also like this is a stepping stone thing. Like we're not gonna have him face unless we're getting bad luck fallet in here. Like he's who is there to go with it? That said, if he doesn't wrestle bad luck Fale in two weeks, I am going to riot. Um, <laughs> Why is that such a funny so, match? I think it's a fun match. I don't think it'll be particularly good, but yeah. Imagine Wardlow getting bad luck up for the powerbomb. That would genuinely be fucking sick. <laughs> That's really funny to me. Um, and listen, good friend Jake in the chat is saying, what about Ryback? But good friend Jake puts an LOL after. <laughs> no joke here. The big guy. He's got a home. If, if you all, if you all are so convinced that this guy could not make you need him versus punk too, 
you've, you've lost the sense of the business. CM Punk versus Ryback is a pay-per-view headliner. For the next five years, that could headline a pay-per-view. Those, I mean, there are two guys who CM Punk can ruin their careers. Roman Reigns and Ryback. Because he gave that, that profoundly deep interview where he's like, I just told to push, push Roman Reigns. Well, Roman looks strong forever. And that just became the Roman narrative forever. I mean, also played out, but he was poisoned by it. And then he painted Ryback as dangerous. And people just, like, Ryback saved Kalisto's life. Like, that's real. Like, Ryback had enough ring awareness on the outside to be like, I need to fucking hit a breakdance catch on this dude before he lands on his head. It's hilarious. After that one experience he had in his match, one match in AEW, though, I don't think saving Kalisto's life is a positive for Ryback in uh, AEW, sadly. <laughs> you might be right about that. I'm just saying, let's close the chapter. Punk's got to face Colt, and he's got to face Ryback. It's got to happen. We can't, we can't get out of this until those... And then the show will end. And then we'll retire. Series finale. Shota will reunite with Mox. And put a nice bow on this whole thing. House of Black promo. Fuego Del Sol laid out on the ramp. Oh my god. House of Black stands. I was really relieved. I I was just really relieved because I've been wondering, I've been staying up at night wondering who is better and stronger, Fuego Del Sol or the entire House of Black? And now that's been answered after two weeks of promos about it. Yeah, I never understood. I mean, it makes sense now. Like, it's like, who do we have who wears a mask is literally what they needed for this angle, which was fucking awesome, by the way. This segment ruled, so <laughs> payoff's all <laughs> worth it. But uh, Fuego was laid out in front of them in the House of Black. Malachi, Brody, and Buddy are out there. They're standing over his body. They're talking some nonsense. But then they're about to unmask Fuego. What a horrible thing to do. And who interrupts to save the day? But Alex Abrahantis, the manager of Pentagon Oscuro. And he starts cutting the promo about how that is so disrespectful. There's nothing worse you could do. I was loving this. I was like, big Alex? Alex has something to say? But he's got his robe over. Oh, he's got this, all that. You guys, you're worth nothing. And you know what? I thought you guys were masters of deception. But it turns out we are masters of deception. And out walks Pentagon Oscuro. Now, Eric, you're going to have to forgive me here because I got some stuff to say. I, I don't know what it was, but I was rekindled in my love for Pentagon in this moment tonight. I was reminded of like the genuine top guy star that I think Pentagon Jr., Oscuro, Dark, whatever the hell you want to call him. Him coming out to be like, fuck you. You're going to unmask a luchador? Like any luchador on this roster, you're taking off the mask? You got a problem with the slimmed down, ferocious looking guy whose manager is actually willing to stand up to, which is kind of a sick touch, frankly. But then travel issues are solved and out walks the bastard Pac to back up his former death triangle brother Pentagon. And I started thinking, how hard could it be to make these guys stars? Look at this, these fucking guys together with this manager. But then... Out from behind the curtain, walks with a live microphone still promoing Alex Abrahantis. And he points out, why do you think I was wearing this silly gear for all this sorry, time? Sorry, Josh. Yeah. I, I hate to interrupt you, but I thought that Alex Abrahantis was in the ring. How did he how did he come out there? That that makes no sense. That is part of the magic of what made the I, Eric, I'm so glad you asked. 
because that is part of the magic of this. This funny, stupid Roby's been wearing for weeks is pulled back. And while it was him promoing backstage, standing in the ring with House of Black, they're not charging Alex Abrahantis. They are charging the returning Ray Phoenix. Death Triangle is reunited. They're back in the building. Uh, Ray Phoenix reminds everybody that, like, he could just jump on the ropes and land so easily. Uh, it's not a problem for him to just effortlessly fly through the air as he kicks all three members of House of Black with different versions of aerial kicks. I guess the first one's just a true super kick. Death Triangle is back together. They chase off House of Black. I thought this was electric. Uh, what did you think of all this, Eric, and the players involved? Yeah, I'm, again, my my feelings on a lot of the House of Black stuff and the spookiness and the Penta Scuro has been kind of negative when they yeah. are heavily into the lore, but they have great look. And when they can all brawl, they can all six of those guys can really, really go. And if we're just going to, hey, we're going to come in, do our cool entrances and beat the shit out of each other, I'm all the way in. Like, less of, I was walking through the mountains and I considered what death means and what it is to truly be alive and serve another. Then I don't, Malachi like, get all that only, shit. Only Malachi pulls that off. All the rest of them can stop that stuff. I have time for it with Malachi. I, I wish I, I wish I agreed. I wish I did. But now, but the point is, they're, they're in there. This match is going to rule. And I'm super excited. I'm glad Phoenix is back. He's been advertised that he's advertising the, uh, in the AAA main event at the baseball stadium this weekend. So I wasn't too surprised to see him back then. But also I think he's been advertised for a dozen matches he no-showed. So who knows? But yeah, <laughs> this rules. Yeah, that Lucha world does seem like a lot more transient in that world way from what you hear. It's great. Scoots Brodo, and of course you can follow Scoots Brodo on Twitter, at Scoots Brodo, saying Ray Phoenix is that guy. I happen to prefer Pentagon, but like, they are the closest 1A, 1B of a tag team I can think of. Like preferring Ray Phoenix. I mean, he looked he looked insane tonight. Like that's not lost on me for that wait, to be the take. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, Josh. Who is a closer 1B to their 1A? Ray Phoenix or Cash Wheeler? Ray Phoenix. Okay. Yeah, kind of easily, I think. Uh, only, And I'm right. only gauging that because it's like if you had to give one the push. Who could who could oh, to yeah. it? And I think I think Ray Phoenix would uh do just fine. I think he could straight up have a Ray Mysterio style title run where it's like a little unseen, out wrestles a couple big stars, loses it soon, but like the crowd is pleased <laughs> by their huge work rate angel uh being their top guy. I'm not saying he will, but I, I legitimately think if that's where you wanted to put him, he he would be certainly capable of it. Not which is no disrespect to Cash Wheeler. But mm -hmm. those guys are unreal. Death Triangle, says Matty Mack. You're damn right. You're goddamn right. Tony Schiavone is backstage with Swerve and Darby, who have a match this Friday. Uh, uh, Swerve describes them as, we're not really friends. We're more rivals. Guys who always show up and elevate one another to the other level. They're going to wrestle this Friday in an Owen Cup qualifier. That match will be must-see. This promo was not. Yeah, and it's it's a real... There's a little bit of, I like realism and relatability with my wrestlers, but the fact that even these superstars need to argue about for home ownership in this, like you are pro athletes, you're the idols, and you both, one of only one of you can have this house and you're arguing about it. To me, that hits a bit too close to home. Yeah, you hate when guys say, oh, your house, that's mine. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, I, I don't know. These guys, I think, 
think these two probably could have just benefited from like a more face versus face handshake promo thing. Yeah. It's like we've done it before. We're gonna do it again. Tune in this Friday to find out which one of us is the best on the biggest stage or something. Uh mm-hmm. I didn't need like, oh, you just gonna show up here and call this swerve's house? Like I'm Darby Allen and I'm not very good at promoing and I'm not the best at it. it pisses me off. I did like the the face to face to shoot Darby from the all painted half. Like you you don't mm-hmm. see that too often. I thought that was cool. Not the best. Decided that every time Darby promos, he's just doing a Jesse Pinkman impression, says Matty Mac. That might that might be absolutely correct. Cole and Red Dragon enter together for their five-man match. They're using the, the all about the boom music. The shame, because I prefer Dance Away. Uh, the three of them are in ring together. And then the Young Bucks enter separately for their five-man. And I thought, nice to see the Young Bucks. Haven't seen this entrance in a while uh, for these guys to wrestle. Uh, here they come, the Undisputed Elite take on the varsity blondes dante martin and lee johnson um what did you think of the undisputed elite together did they give away too much which is cole and red dragon entering together tonight and uh, what did you think of this match um you know it's going to be a good team when the blondes dante lee johnson and brock anderson's lower third is that they are making their 10-man debut i could have sworn i've seen the five of them team on numerous occasions throughout uh, Dynamite's history. If but you had to name I, that tag I like team, the match what would you name pretty them? well. I thought it showed some good stuff. Ooh. Uh, I'm just going to ask the chat in case they didn't hear blondes. that. No, that's not bad. Does anyone have a good name for these five? Varsity Blondes, Dante Martin, Lee Johnson, and Brock Anderson. I, I got one. Uh, the five fellas. John? Oh. There's five. Five loosely related guys, I guess. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Eric. What did you well, give me your further thoughts? No. Yeah, the match was a lot of fun. They gave everyone a lot of shine in there. Like the the five pushed guys, they're all very generous in their matches and like to like to show off, like do all that. And then it built towards the end where they gave the undisputed elite shirts to the Bucks and they all posed and they were showed like they were happy. This kind of also reminds me of when the Bucks first turned heel and came in with the Good Brothers and Kenny last year. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, like, are yeah. they actually happy? And I just really feel like everything with the Bucks is treading water until Kenny gets back. And like, I don't know. I just, they're so talented that I would really love for something them to sink their teeth into until then. Like give us that Hardy boys feud. Let us do that ahead of double or nothing. Just shoot our shot on it. We don't need to spend too long on it. And when Kenny gets back, we can get to serious stuff with them. I don't know. Natty, I see you've got the gifs up. Thanks very much. It's looking great. Uh, I agree with you, Eric. This is in dire need of a Kenny Omega jolt to its system i'm so over the elite stuff i don't i don't care how well or not well these guys are getting along just give me young bucks and red dragon tag matches and hell you know what if you want adam cole to have a couple uh, months off that's fine by me too uh when's kenny back we can start reinserting the stuff do we have jay white more full-time maybe then we can but if this is the the players we're playing with it feels like it's going to be a, a long build to double or nothing for me uh i don't feel like anybody in it is all too capable at this point of putting together don't get me wrong the match is going to obviously rule there's who could possibly say otherwise uh but in terms of these teams abilities to work within this framework and like build a great feud i, I really don't see it happening not not without some people some difference makers yeah uh, I, I agree and just in general also like have some conflict they've been will they won't they are they going to feud since those guys got there in december like yeah it's feeling its length. Uh, but the match was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It was, it was the winner was never in doubt. Dante Martin, uh, I know you watch. I think you're great. You've got to stop with the flying nothings. Uh, I've never seen somebody who likes doing them more than you. You, you can't can't just jump up high at somebody like this, ready to take offense. You just you got to you got to do something. It's not enough to jump high. So they're just they're just timing you every time, buddy. No more nothings. We go backstage. I actually liked how they did this. Commentary is like, somebody get a camera back there. Something's happening backstage. Somebody get a camera back there. It's a little like that Attitude Era sizzle. Like that's looking at that period of time. And it's like, oh, there's a little something we can pluck from there. I think very served well here. As the five verse three, like you teased earlier, Eric, the Jericho Appreciation Society are beating down Eddie Kingston and Proud and Powerful. Chris Jericho lights off a fireball in Eddie Kingston's face. Five V three beat down. Uh, Daddy Magic Mike Menard doing the walk and talk this time. Very sice that his team is beating down uh, these three. Uh, fun segment to continue. I, I feel like, have we seen this before with these guys? Like a beatdown like this? Like a bat. I, I, I think I'm just thinking of Eddie and them came out from backstage to to the ring to get the JAS a couple weeks. Yeah, ago. so the, their first return after their initial time they got beat down, they laid the like, oh, are they here? Are they here? And they pulled back and they were there. And then oh, right, 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 right. Them up. But then at the ring, like, oh, there's five of them. So they ended up being laid out. Uh, Bobby Burritos is right. Ruby Soho basically just works security backstage. She's in the background of a lot of these. Uh, yeah, I, I guess this was good. I mean, they need to do something, I guess. I sort of thought earlier tonight left things on a big enough note, but maybe they have big plans for next week. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. Do I? How late are we running? Do I have time for a quick story? Okay, I'll leave it to the chat. Keep it or kick it. A story about a Kevin Sullivan fireball I saw. On Brian Pillman Jr. Keep. Let's see. The first three that come in. And it's fine to kick it. All if right. it's late and you just want the rest of the Dynamite review, I get it, folks. We got Three, three keeps right off the bat. We're hearing that story. All right. Scoots Broda was sitting beside me for this story. Uh, there was a former uh, promotion here, ECCW. It was the, the lead promotion in Vancouver. Now eclipsed, well, shut down now. And now we have Nation Extreme Wrestling, sort of the spiritual continuer of it. Anyway, twice a year they would run what's called Ballroom Brawl, which were really a great event to go to. It was our local best venue, the Commodore Ballroom. Matty, do you know how many the Commodore would seat for wrestling? Like 350, maybe? Something like that. A few hundred people, uh, mid-sized local wrestling venue, I would say. Yeah, but in like a beautiful building. Like normally, then Maddie knows, we'd be going out to the, you know, the, the pensioners hall or the Legion or the Russian. You know, you say, well, you're watching the stuff and not, you know, you're drinking beer in less nice places. You normally would. The twice year they'd run the ball, the ballroom brawls. The opposite, you know, lots of nice dinner and drink options before and after. You know, it feels feels like you're going out for a night in Vancouver more uh, for these events. So things that I held very dear. Um, and one of them was blowing off his father's feud in the co-main event. Kevin Sullivan. I'm not joking. This was, do you remember what year it was, Scoots, man? 2018, 17? Something in that vein. If you remember Scoots, let me know. Um, <laughs> and... Kevin Sullivan came out. Now, I'm not going to... I've had this confirmed. No, I don't know if I should say this part. Okay, I, I'll say this part. We're, we're, on, we're on the show. No one say anything. I've had this confirmed by multiple people who were backstage that night. Uh, Kevin Sullivan was, like, insanely fucked up backstage. Like, ruined. Uh, they still decide to send him out there for a match. 
to take on Brian Pillman Jr. The match opens with, I'm not joking, Brian, uh, Brian Pillman, Irish whips Kevin Sullivan into the turnbuckle. Kevin Sullivan sits on, and you can, you can go look this up. It's one of the ballroom brawls, which are on IWTV. Uh, Irish whip into the corner where Kevin Sullivan hits the turnbuckle, sits down on the second rope, and does not move for most of the rest of the match. Uh, initially, Pillman is doing like brawling punches in the corner, but they're clearly trying to communicate. Early into it, Kevin Sullivan just stops selling the punches, which leads to Pillman just like hitting here while Sullivan's just like talking and sitting there in the second row. <laughs> it's like the crowd is like, Okay, we don't want to boo this legend in Kevin Sullivan, right? And like, oh, I forgot to mention, sorry, this is poor framing for the story. They played a big video package beforehand about like what a blood feud this was and how across the, the West Coast, it was ending here at Ballroom Brawl, the Pillman and the Sullivan, here's Brian Pillman's going to finish his father's feud against this demon Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> Sullivan just stops selling. Then Pillman goes to the outside and he's kind of like, come on, come here. Sullivan gets out and follows him to the outside. He's sort of walking like this. Literally the spot to get back in is Pillman goes, Pillman's the face, by the way. He's doing this for his father's glory. He goes, oh, can't catch me. Runs around the ring post and rolls back in. This is like the big, the big spot. Sullivan gets back in. Exact same opening spot. Irish whip into the corner. Sullivan sits there. Pillman is walking over and Sullivan miscues the fireball now that he's back in the corner. And Pillman is like obviously taken by. He's like, oh, fuck. Like, backs up and is like selling his eyes. And then the owner of the promotion, Scotty Mack, walks out and he's just like, this one's over. They did not have the blow off. Like, the promoter came out and was just like, ring the bell. We are done here insanity to see but i have a great memory for fireballs now whenever i see one which they did use tonight every time i see it i'm transported next to suiting next to scoots brodo and uh <laughs> kevin sullivan light a fireball this time to brian pillman jr so there you go i hope that was worth it Absolutely. Scoots saying it was 19 okay there you go july 19 yeah th that could be i'm i'm so bad with that you know it's tough the viewership did go up during that story Here's looking at you. We get the Joe. Five minute demos. Yeah, that's right. We get the five minute lives. We're going to see. I see them plumbing it every time Eric spoke. So funny. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought I complained about AW video packages a bunch on here. This Samoa Joe versus Trent on Friday video package. I want to see these two uh, to get down here. Did you like this one with the Joe's doing a lot of video promos? Okay. I had a problem with this promo. Hit me. And it was specifically. Uh, Trent says, Joe, you're supposed to be the one who hits hard. Well, I'm the one who gets hit hard. That's not intimidating. Yeah, well, you kick ass. Well, I get my ass kicked. But it is. It absolutely is. You see it all the time in real fighting where some dumb asshole is still in there after the better technician has like dumped their gas tank. They've hit him with everything they have. And then the dog is still there and is like, okay, now we're in the fourth or fifth round. I still got a breath and I haven't spent anything. Like this is a real fight storyline that develops. Now did Trent tell that tonight in this video package? I wouldn't especially say so, but being dog tough and still being there after the hitters hit, you can get by on that. Tougher than a $2 steak like JR says. He does like that. 
Whoa. Uh, I am excited for the match, though. I think that's a good match. Speaking of uh, Scotty Mack, owner of ECCW, Scoots Berto with some breaking news here. His wife, Christina Von Erie, has just posted a long description about how the dirty daddy, Chris Dickinson, was very abusive while they were dating. That's deeply disappointing to hear. I've interviewed Christina many times. Uh, she's a really lovely person. Gave me, yeah, Matt Maddie too. Gave me, was more very nice to my nothing podcast. She was on TNA at the time. Uh, that's, yeah, I would, that's very disappointing to hear. Damn. Breaks your heart to yeah, hear. No, uh, no, but that's miserable and disappointing. And yeah. Damn. Uh, uh, not a great transition. With, I can do an Excalibur esque uh, what's coming up next week, if you'd like. I, yeah, I, do you mind? Yeah, that's perfect. Thing. Yeah, look at this, man. You're All right. So, coming up on Rampage, we have Swerve versus Darby, No Heart Qualifier. Hook and Dan has him a face to face. Jade, Kira, uh, Kira Hogan, and Red Velvet against Willow Nightingale. Uh, Trisha Dora and Sky Blue, Colton Gunn versus Keith Lee and Joe versus Trent in an ROH TV title match. Next week on Dynamite, Deanna Perazzo versus Mercedes Martinez in an ROH Women's Championship match, which we'll talk about in a second. Wardlow yeah. versus his mystery opponent, we assume to be W. Morrissey. Bobby Fish versus Jeff Hardy in an O'Hart qualifier. Oh, I'm so hard. I feel like he usually gets like you nine incredible or there. Uh, I'm always bad at writing that part down. You we just have to have you on every week just to do that part. Uh, that, great weight off my shoulders. I didn't have all that written down. Uh, I got to say though, I'm going to be watching this rampage live. That's a, that's a pretty pimping rampage to me. There's a, there's a lot on there that I'd like to see hook versus Danhausen. How did, how did they turn Danhausen into something I want to see? It's crazy. So it is not the match to be fair. They, no, it was a face to face, right? Yeah. 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 I want to see those two interact face to face. Well, mostly I want to see hook be like, Hey man, cut the fucking shit. Yeah. 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 You be dead here. I'll, I'll be, I'll be hook. You do some sort of Danhausen weirdness. What, you, what, what the fuck are you doing what's that shit like i want i want that moment that's that's what i need out of uh the hooker but they listen they've got me it's hard to take somebody that i don't like and put them in a position that i'm interested in them and that's what they've done with Danhausen here uh and i think rampage looks really solid but that diana perrazzo mercedes martinez it jumps off the page right that's uh that's an interesting dynamite match yeah it, it's more interesting just to me of what is it going to be because i think I don't want to, my assumption is this is Mercedes being Deanna to get the ROH championship off of the full-time impact wrestler. I haven't seen that many Deanna matches, but I have really enjoyed what I have seen. I think she's a real talent. And if we could have her in the AEW, ROH, whatever, the Tony Khan women's division, I think she'd be a terrific addition to really be in there. I know she's super close with the Tony Storm and Britt Baker of the world and her being there, I think would be really great. And I think this is a cool marquee match, but but yeah, I kind of just think this is for her to come in, have a competitive match, and then go back to Impact. That's my guess, too. Uh, I'm somebody who I'd like more exposure to Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, So this works for me. Wrestlers I want to know more about, wrestling on the programming I already watch, that does work for me, brother. You know what doesn't work for me, brother? Scorpio Sky versus Sammy Guevara in a TNT title main event. It's a ladder match. Here's all I really have to say about it. Uh, Paige Van Zant comes in to even... The odds. I think we all believe we're heading to a mixed tag match. I think even before this, but as I'd say all but confirmed tonight, uh, PVZ and Scorp will take on Sammy and take Conti probably at the pay-per-view. I'm guessing. I don't know if the build can even go that long, but uh, maybe it'll be a dynamite blow off, but they don't really like to do those near pay-per-views. I thought there was a cool double piggyback spot in this match where 
Scorp and uh, Sammy were both climbing the ladder, and the woman partner of the other one was both trying to hold down their loved one's opponent. Remind me a little bit of DIY and uh, authors and uh, and uh, revival against authors of pain, where it's like, okay, we don't like each other, but I, I don't know. It's like a cool mixed cooperation thing there that I liked. But ultimately, this match just never really grabbed me. I'm just not into these guys very much, and it's hard for me to get into a match between them. Listen, it's we we've been at this for over two hours now, so I don't want to belabor the point. But what the hell happened to the TNT title? It, I'm looking around. I'm looking for somebody who knows. We, we Darby it's... and Miro back to back, two incredible reigns, and now bad reigns, but bad contenders. It's like last week. It's like, oh, at least we got Frankie Kazarian entering the scene. Like I don't know what they're doing. It's they. I think Sammy was not given, put in a position to succeed in his first run because these only feuds were, well, I'm new to town and I'm Tony Nese and I'm Bobby Fish and I want the, I have a, a fighting champion. I'm like, you know, Miro is at least, I'm coming for this person. Darby was, I'm taking on actual people on here in the main event every week yeah. and drawing. He was, I know the, the, the ratings talk is boring, like he was, it was his first time showing that he's a money, he's a viewership drawing star in the company. He was doing it against cool guys in there. He lost and then Miro was a sensation, rebuilds himself. Sammy is less of a star than when he started that run. I thought he had some really cool matches, like that Cody ladder match, Cody's last match in AEW, rules, and it just hasn't felt big. And then Scorp, we've talked to death of how uninteresting he is to us. When it first came in, they made a very big deal of the TNT title is not a secondary title. It can credibly do this. And when Darby had it, when Cody had it, when Miro had it, it can credibly main event a, main event a dynamite. Here it's like, oh, this is the main For event. Sure. Like, eh, I guess it's a ladder match. We'll see, but... I don't know. This needs to get off. Of, these two guys have poisoned the well a bit with it. I think it needs to get off somewhere else for a while. I've heard a lot of people say the idea of just get it to be Danielson, get it to be a workhorse title to give him a match every week. Doesn't need to be heel or face in that. It could be whatever. Just have him go in there, have him banger matches because he is a big enough star to elevate that title. But if not him, somebody needs to come do that, I think, because this is this title is not in a good place to me. I think it was a good friend Jake last week who said he likes Andrade in that spot. And it made me go, I like Andrade in that spot. Uh, I think mm -hmm. Andrade in the TNT title would be really mutually beneficial right now. I think Andrade needs some purpose. He's a faction leader that feels totally aimless. And I think the TNT title needs somebody to hold it who feels upper card. And I think Andrade, regardless of his usage or his booking or his consistency, uh, he never feels lower card. Like Andrade feels like someone mm -hmm. uh, when he's around it. I think the TNT title after Scorp and Sammy reigns uh, would, would be benefit. So whoever, whoever said that uh, about Andrade, that's uh, I think yeah. that's a great call. Bobby Burrito in the chat is an interesting thing. And by the way, we should also mention Scorpio won the title again. Um, oh, yeah, right, I don't know right, if we actually said that. Right, right, right. Thank but you. Uh, at least I think he did. Um, no, that's true. That's yes. Yes. Did MJF get Tony K's approval for the four pillars promo? And if not, did it negatively influence the Sammy Ethan book since? I permission, I feel like is a tough thing to say. I think that's probably an idea there. And I, if it was, they released a shirt about it at the face. I don't think they were mad about it. I really think the face turn, which made sense with the inner circle had to turn face, but like having Sammy be like the plucky baby face when he split on his own, I think he should have gone back to heel immediately. I don't think he's ever going to draw a dime as a baby face. And I think he can be a near top of the card heel because he's, I mean this in a wrestling sense, like naturally unlikable, innate, which is an asset to him. I just think he's a worse wrestler oh, yeah. than those guys. Uh, I I think the stunt wrestling is fun and good. And like, I know that 
people don't like that i shit on that cody ladder match the night it happened not shit on it but like i don't need cutters from ladders like being up for offense one second later like that stuff does get mm-hmm. to me and i think that it leads to ultimate less sticking power like you're bad sammy Guevara is like the ultimate example of how would he even get your attention at this point like how, like he is maxed out on showing you in ring like what he can do in ring um and like i felt like miro and darby had better wholesale matches with largely less worse opponents like in there there were some cool ones but there were jd drake weeks and i, I like ethan page a lot but I don't think he's somebody that like they're getting a bunch of star power back and forth with like they, they, they didn't get a Cody I, like I know Darby did but I'm talking about like during the runs that we liked uh, mm-hmm. so I don't know I think I think I honestly think if his wrestling was better and or had like he's not a guy who adds stakes to things and stakes are especially important with titles like he he goes out there to to put on something cool to look at and it's like does not a title reign make you felt Miro grow with the title into himself in his relationship with his Lord, uh, finding himself, mm-hmm. you know, the, the red, black and gold shorts, carrying himself bigger. Like that's what you want. It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's going so I, to get I, there for Sammy without substantial change. I'd like to take this opportunity again to, I was one of the people most loudly saying, you know what? I don't know if it's a good decision, but I understand and I don't hate the idea of Sammy beating Miro for the title eight months ago or whatever. And, uh, I was wrong. It happens, yeah. I probably hate it. Did I give you shit at the time for that one? I must have hated that. Sammy beating Miro. Yeah, everyone hated it. I was one of yeah. my sense of like, you know what? This could work because I'm higher on Sammy than most. It's just sometimes you gotta gotta acknowledge it. That's why I have so many good takes that my bad ones stick out. Well, it's good to it's good to take ownership of them because then people it's like you get hmm. to you get to take a victory lap if you'll also be like, oh, I was wrong about this one. Like the moment I'm wrong about something on this channel, I will take ownership of it because you know that's that's what you do one day maybe in a couple of years we'll we'll be an example of it <laughs> no i was i was wrong about lance archer uh i was wrong i was wrong about tons i feel like there's lots of stuff recently anyway i was right about fucking cm punk though he's still the fucking best uh eric what do you think your score go up or down from a five as we went through it no, it just sounds like it's it's an episode of Dynamite that is my favorite show on linear television that I don't, or my favorite show overall that I don't host. Um, it was good. There was like very few bad things on it, but like it's if this is one of the three episodes Zoobs is ever going to miss, I don't think he's going to need to go back to really catch up, like telling the story of Dynamite without it. Yeah, I, I think Zoobs would like the uh jas segment with uh with eddie and santana and ortiz mm-hmm. like i'll be sending that at him on that on youtube to watch tomorrow for sure but yeah i think you're largely right um but that holding pattern i hope people realize like this is or maybe is just exiting the golden age like we are getting it good right now this show in two and a half years i'm gonna have to be like paying matt hundreds of dollars in appearance to run this shit he's like this fucking shit the fucking sucks i don't want to do this stupid fucking double dudes nonsense anymore and uh and i but i listen i'm a pain pig baby i was watching tna in 2009 i'll be here i'll be talking about it eric thank you so much for joining me uh and sitting in for our beloved brother the zoobs tonight on a double dudes i had a blast what a what a what a wonderful co-host you were uh tell the people where they can find you and uh and if you have any closing thoughts please 
Yeah, twitter.com slash Eric Hartman. I tweet a lot about baseball and wrestling and Coke Zero. Those are uh, three of my three of my loves that I like to disclose. Um, final message, subscribe, uh, patreon.com slash J0SHC. Follow Twitter, twitter.com slash wrestling underscore brain, instagram.com slash wrestling brain network, tiktok.com slash wrestling brain. I don't know what we do with that because Nick ran the TikTok and Nick isn't even on the channel mm. anymore. So I... Uh, yeah, let me also echo just let me echo something you said at the end there of like even the ones where I'm less enthused about like I don't I'm a bit quick to defend AEW when there's larger scale complaints about it because there are things I don't like on pretty much every show there are things I wish were better but all in all I cannot fathom a time where there's been a promotion where I just every week see something I like so much yeah and as you're saying this won't last forever we are in a gold age we may be entering an even golder age as Forbidden Door stuff comes in and you know, I'm hopeful that I'm going to be at the United Center that day. I got yeah, some next week is going to be trying to co- make a lot of plans concrete on that. But it's we're in an exciting time. Enjoy it. Say wrestling brain. Say wrestling brain to somebody who's never heard it before. Yeah.